0: some of the classics of Billy Graham Tim I've heard the message of Jonah and I've heard it before but it struck me and as we heard the Sunday school the turmoil what's going on in this world I went to the grocery store yesterday I gotta tell you I thought what is going on it looked like witches were coming in and I think this is not even close to Halloween what's going on this is a mess but then I heard that sermon I heard about the gore where he was so aggravated, he didn't want them to repent. But God showed his mercy and his grace. Who am I? Am I Am I complaining? Do I just want to get rid of them? Am I showing mercy? Who, who shined the light on me? It was him. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and grace. Praise your holy name. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has all power. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. She G-
1: one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation, now reveal. without us so jesus you brought heaven down my sin was great
2: to fall all those lonely roads that I have traveled on there was Jesus when the life I built came crashing to the ground when the friends I had were nowhere to be couldn't see it then but I can see it now there was Jesus in the waiting in the searching in the healing and the hurting like a blessing buried in the broken pieces every minute every moment where I've been forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay I'm not perfect so I thank God every
3: i
4: your Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. One of the the things that struck me this week, and I've got a poster at my house. It's down in our basement and I've got it up on the wall. It's a big poster. But the poster is all about the names of Christ. Some of you have those things, have Maybe that same poster, I don't know. But it's got the anointed one, it's got the Messiah, the Christ, uh, the bread of life, the way, the truth, and the life. He's named all these names throughout the Bible. The man of God, he's the a, a son of God. But one of the names that jumped out at me that I want to bring out today is the son of David. He's called the son of David. And Jesus asked a question in the 22nd chapter of Matthew and I want you to hear it. It says in 22 all the way back at the 41st verse of Matthew 22. Jesus asked a question to the Pharisees. Now I want you to understand something. Jesus has already preached the gospel. He's brought it to Israel. He's brought it to his people. And this is right before the 23rd chapter which is where he condemns the religious leaders that they are hypocrites, that they have no intention accepting him even though he's from God. And they I want you to hear what he says here because you can still feel the heart of Christ as he speaks these words. It says, "While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think you of Christ? Whose son is he? And they said unto him, The son of David. And he said unto them, How then doth David in the Spirit call him Lord? Saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thy enemies thy footstool. And that, if you look, is in Psalms 110, the first verse where David's quoted that. But it says in uh, verse 46 or 45, If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither darest any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. Why am I bringing that out? I want you to hear something. He is the son of David. Jesus Christ was going to be come from the son of David. Why? If you read in Matthew, the first chapter, the first verse, it talks about the generations of Jesus Christ, and it calls him the son of David, the son of Abraham. Why didn't they just say, well, he's the son of Abraham? They called him David, son of David. He's known throughout Jewish history history he's known by the Jewish people today that when their Messiah would come when this Christ would come when the Holy Anointed One that has been prophesied that he would come that when he would come they would know that he was the son of David I mean here's what I'm saying but Jesus brought it up to these Pharisees that was denying him no he's just Mary and Joseph's son Just one of those kids down there from Nazareth. They didn't want to accept him as the Messiah. Where did they expect the Messiah to come? Did they expect him to come out of the clouds? Where did they expect him to come from? He came through a man. He came through uh, Mary as a person because he had to be 100% God and 100% man. He could not be just God that came out of the sky. He had to come through the flesh. That's how he's mine and your Savior. You want to know why we come to Jesus Christ? You want to know why you need to be saved? You want to know why your children need to be taught of him? Because he is the first and the only that has become a child of a man, a child of a woman, and yet he is still God. And I got, I got to get that across to you because this is the reason he's called the son of David. And obviously, when David had children, he never had one called Jesus. But he had through the David line, all the way from, and you look through Matthew, the first in the genealogy, that's talking about Joseph's uh, uh, family. It talks about all of Joseph's family. Uh, bloodline. And if you go to Luke the third chapter, and we talked about that in our Bible study, you find out that it's talking about Mary's bloodline. Well, it comes out to that there's two different paths, but both of them come from David. Mary's heritage came through David, and so did uh, Joseph's bloodline come through David. And that's why he is called the son of David but yet at the same time there's something bigger going on here it says here if David it says the Lord said to my Lord sit on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool if David then called him Lord how is he his son how could David call the Lord David is the one that wrote that in the 110th Psalm. And can I tell you something? David said, the Lord, talking about God, has said to my Lord. Who's his Lord? Who is David calling his Lord? He's talking about Jesus Christ. Through the line, through the Holy Spirit, David is bringing out that Jesus Christ would be from the line of David. I want you to hear that because that's going to stand out throughout all the scriptures that I read today. In 2 Samuel, the 7th chapter, it says in verse 12, And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. This is God talking to David. This is actually Nathan... He's being used of God, but he's talking to David. And he said, "When your days be fulfilled, David, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels." This is 2 Samuel 7:12. "And I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever." How many knows when he's when what the Spirit of God is talking through uh, that Nathan is bringing to David's ears is your kingdom, his kingdom, the one that's following you, the promise that I'm making to you that your house will never end, that your throne will never end. Is there's gonna come a king after you, David? David was the king. David was their best king. They'd only had one more ahead of him, Saul. But then they had. David, and David was the one that God said was the man after his own heart. How many knows we need a king with a heart? David was a king with a heart, but so was Christ. And Christ was the Messiah that came. He was the son of David. It says on down at verse 16, And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all the vision, so did Nathan speak to David. Jesus Christ is the son of David. He is the son of David. He is the one that God chose to bring his son through. He came through the line of David, you can read it when you read in, uh, in the part where Mary's at in Luke, you will find out it goes all the way back to Adam. But it comes right through the line of David. And it goes all the way back. And why? Because God is trying to establish something. One of the problems that we have in our world today is people don't believe in Christ. They don't know if he lived or he don't. When you bring up something about Christ, they don't know if that's just from your old Bible, and they don't know no history. They don't want to proclaim that the history is true about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to dig into it. They can dig into anything else. They can study. We got some of the wisest people that can read uh, all kinds of and write all kinds of giant books on every kind of subject there is, but they can't take the time to read, oh, it's too much in there. They can't take the time to look at this book. Why? It's alive. It's alive, and it will point a finger right back at you. It'll tell the truth on you. I realize our world's messed up. I realize the days that we're living in. Why? Because we've got away from the power of God. We've got away from the words of God. No leader that we got knows God's word seemingly. They don't seem to care. It doesn't affect them. We'll change it if it's something that we need to change, but we don't have to stick to them words. God established his word. He established his word, and he established who he would bring his son through. And that's why David is honored. And I praise God for King David. I praise God that God brought him into this life. And I'm glad there was a young man. And guess what? He made some big mistakes. He messed up big time. Just like you and I have messed up in life. Just like America's messed up. But we've got a Savior because of what God had a plan through David to bring his son to this world. In the 89th Psalm, this is David. And this is the Lord will not break his covenant with David. He said, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Then it says down in verse 29, his seed also will I make to endure forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. David couldn't do that. How many knows what I'm saying? David couldn't say, oh, my children's going to make this happen. David couldn't have Solomon and make it happen. Solomon couldn't have children make it happen. God knows how to read tomorrow. Just like I said about the baby. God knows exactly where that baby's going to be at an old age. God knows all things. He can see just like you can see yesterday. He can see your tomorrow. He's trying his best to get a hold of you, to get into alignment with him. Start living by what He said, live and find out that God had plans for you and you'll fall into places that you think, why in the world am I doing here? I don't know what, I never would have came here in my life. God has intentions to open doors and take you places that you have no you cannot see it. But we don't raise our children to do that. We raise our children to get their own vision, to get their own plan, to get their own education, to get their own uh, occupation. Work, to work where they want to go. Spend your money on what you want to do. You can think that way till you turn blue in the face, but can I tell you something? You're leaving this life soon, and you're leaving it all behind. God has a plan for you. You'll either come to his plan Or you will find yourself still searching out in this world. And never finding what you're looking for. You'll find it. You can't find it in sex. You can't find it in drugs. You can't find it in the alcohol. You can't find it in the money. You can't find it in the possessions. Sometimes I look at these rich people on TV. And I think how sad they are. Because that's all they got. You say, hey, I'd like to have some of that. Well. You can't have it. You ain't got it. It belongs to somebody else. And you'd have to probably be like them to even get it and hold on to it. And then you couldn't be a child of God. Because the Bible teaches how these wages of this world and the riches of this world, it's hard for a rich man to enter into heaven, to enter into a, a relationship with God. He can't get off depending on his money. We have to surrender all things to him. He goes on to say, verse 30 of 89 Psalm. It says, if his children forsake the, my law and walk. Now listen to, what, listen to what God's saying to David. He says, if his children forsake my law, and how many know some of them did? Solomon didn't do what God told him to do. Solomon married a whole bunch of women. Solomon had, had uh, false gods built all over in, uh, in Israel. He did the opposite. He says, if his children, talking about David, forsake my law and walk not in, judge, in my judgments, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I visit their transgressions with a rod and their iniquity with stripes. God's going to correct them. How many knows God's going to correct? He corrected me all my life. You think you're getting away with something? You ain't. You might be hiding it for a while. You might even keep it from your mommy and daddy. You might keep it from your wife or your husband. But can I tell you something? God knows. And God is the one that is going to correct you. He says... Then will I visit their transgressions with a rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, listen to what God's promised. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the things that is gone out of my lips. Once Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. Praise God. Now see, David knew there was going to be failures right behind him. You know what? Every one of us in here has got failures. We got failures that our parents probably have been ashamed of us if we'd have told them about it. And even if they know it, they probably were ashamed of us. But can I tell you, they didn't write you off. They didn't erase you as one of their children. God says, I'm going to have mercy through David. I'm going to have mercy. Do you know, God, I said that last week. God made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's still holding his promise to Israel. I don't care what Israel did. I don't care how wicked they get, how far away from God they are. God still remembers Abraham's heart when he pleaded for light. He still remembers Isaac, the promised son, he still remembers Jacob when that ladder and he stood there at the top and the ladder going up and down. He still remembers when Jacob's name was changed to Israel. He remembers the children that were so, so messed up, a messed up family. You ever heard of that? Israel had a messed up family. Jacob had a messed up family. But God had made a promise and God will make space for repentance for you Because he made the promise. You know, he set the promise. It was in his son. And the promise is he will forgive. You can come to church and say, I'll never measure up. I already messed up. The woman at the well shouldn't have had another chance. She had five husbands when Jesus just so happened to come by that way. But he came purposely. He said, I must go by Samaria, and he went to the well. And he began to talk to a woman that didn't have no hope. She done right, ruined her life. Didn't have no tomorrow. Nothing was working right. But she met Jesus, who told her all about herself. Lit her life up. She met the final man that she needed to meet. Praise God. Her life was changed. You know what? Until you meet Jesus, I don't care what you think you got. You got nothing without him. Without him, we're lost. Without him, our, whole, our families are lost. You're waiting for an accident to happen, so I'm sorry to tell you. You need Jesus every day. I don't know how people go through this life. I don't know how parents are surrendering their children to what they're doing in this world today, even in our schools. I don't know how they're surrendering their parent, their kids to go to school. Sometimes I look and I think, my goodness, if my parents would have known that was going on, they would have jerked me out of that school. They'd have said, you ain't going there and listening to that garbage. But we just keep looking at nice people, patting them on the head. That's the teacher she puts up with so much. Let me tell you something. If they're passing garbage from the enemy, you don't want them in there. You don't want your children fed poison every day. You'd stop it. They're fed poison. If there is a child abuse, it's in that. There's a child abuse, but that child abuse is worse than beating any kid. I'm sorry. You kids might not want a whipping, but I got many of them. And I found out in the end when I kept getting them whippings, there was a reason. They didn't hate me. They didn't just like to whip kids. They loved me. They were trying to correct me. Randy, I thought I was good enough. Just let me alone. I'm just having fun. But I got corrected a lot of times. But can I tell you, later on in life, I look back and I thank God for a parent that loved me enough to correct me. God loves us. He chastens us because he loves us. Don't you know that? He will correct you. He said, his seed shall endure forever, his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven. Isaiah, the 11th chapter, one verse says this. You don't have to turn there. It says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Who was Jesse? That's David's father. Well, there's a rod coming out of, it wasn't David. There was a rod coming out of, the, out of Jesse, coming out of the family of Jesse. wasn't just David, Bill. It was on down the road. The Savior of the world would come. Do you realize that even the angels sang the night that Jesus was born? Even the angels knew how great it was for him to come from his throne above and to come down as a little baby. They stood above those shepherds and they rejoiced. Great multitude of angels. The rod out of stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Who's the branch? His name's Jesus. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6, Behold, the days come, said the Lord, I will raise unto David a righteous branch. A king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And in his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Praise God. You know who Jesus was? He was our righteous. He was our Lord, our Savior. Praise His name. I'm going to skip a couple of things here. Psalms 2, verse 6 says, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion, and I will declare the decree the Lord has said it to me. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. How many knows? He was Mary's son, but he wasn't Joseph's son. He was the son of God. He says, this day have I begotten thee. This day he has begotten, he brought forth. And can I tell you something? When Jesus laid down his life and died at the cross, and when he laid down his life and he was in that grave, the Father brought him forth again. Can I tell you? He said, I won't leave him there. I'll bring him forth again. He begot him again. He pulled him right back out of there. Why? Death had no hold on him. Death had no hold. He defeated death. For you and I, he defeated death. Father brought forth the son. And in Hebrew he says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. I'll be a father, to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. I want you to listen to this. Six, Six or seven times in the book of Matthew... It talks about the son of David. Did you know John don't even mention the son of David? That don't mean John doesn't get it. John didn't record some of the stories that Matthew, Mark, and Luke did. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all mentioned the son of David. But can I tell you Matthew mentioned it more? Why? Matthew, if you look into your history of what the Bible's talking about, Matthew is the book, and Matthew being... Uh, a person he wrote to the jewish people his gospel was addressed to the jewish people that's why he he tells things more a little different than what luke and mark and those and those other ones say he tells it a different way because why he's trying to explain to the jewish people that he is the Son of God. He is the Holy One. He is the Christ that's coming. He is the Messiah. Listen to what I'm telling you. He not only said it in Matthew 1, 1, where He said the generations of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham, but I want you to listen on down. It says in Matthew 9. You don't have to go there. I'm going to read about four or five places here. In Matthew 9, 27 It says here, and when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Uh, There's one. There's one time when just two blind people sitting on the wayside hollered out when they heard him coming by, Thou son of David. How many knows Israel was taught that? They was thought he was coming from this, from David. Why couldn't they accept him? What did they want? Did they want him to walk a foot higher off the ground? Did they want him to fly around? Is what did they expect him? What do you expect for God to do for you to get you to convince that this Bible tells the truth all the way through it? That his name is good. It's right. It's true. It is your only way of salvation. You're not going to find it in anything else. The scientists ain't going to. In fact, most of our science and most of our medical history and a lot of the stuff is most of the time pulling you away from depending upon God. Or even looking at God. And not one of them has rescued anybody when it comes to death. They can't stop it. When you're appointed to die, you're going to die. In Matthew 12, 23, it says, All people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? What what was he doing? It was after Jesus had healed one blind. There was a guy that was blind, dumb, and possessed with the devil. Had all three of them. Jesus healed him. And the people said... And all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? Why? They were looking for the son of David. They were looking for the Messiah to come through the son, as the son of David. In, verse, in Matthew 15, verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Jesus came to heal her daughter. In fact, I believe this is the one where she was the woman of Canaan. She wasn't even a Jew. And Jesus said it's not right to give the, the bread to the dogs. And she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs. And she believed he could heal his daughter. And Jesus healed the daughter. But she called him the son of David. Chapter 20, verse 30. After he leaves Jericho, he passes by two blind men again. One of them is Bartimaeus this time. And they cried out. It says, And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, and when they had heard that Jesus passed by, they cried out and and said, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. Chapter 21, the next chapter of Matthew. It says, And the multitudes that went before and followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. This is when he did the triumphal entry. Coming down into the triumphal entry. He rode the donkey. And on down in verse 15 of 21. It says, And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and children crying in the temple, and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased, and said unto him, Hear thou what these say? And Jesus said unto him, You Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, Thou hast perfected praise. What's he saying? He came not only down on the donkey and they hollered, Hosanna, Thou Son of David. He got in the temple and they began to holler, Thou Son of David. I want you to hear that because I want you to hear the times that it's been hollered. I want you to hear the times in Matthew that's recorded. Six or seven times it's recorded that. David was the father of Jesse. He came out of Judah, which was one of the the fourth son of Jacob. And David was born in Bethlehem, called the city of David. All these years, Bethlehem. Guess who else was born in Bethlehem? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I want you to hear it because I want you to get it in your mind. I don't know why God lays some messages on my heart that way. But can I tell you something? There's something special about the son of David. Number one, he became a a little child just like you saw up here today. He became a little child. He became one of us so he could win our battle. It was God's plan. He fulfilled the Father's plan. Yet the world takes this gospel and they want to set it aside and they want to come up with something of their own that fits what people want to do. Let me tell you something. You can fulfill your flesh all the time you want. But you need to fulfill what God's plan is for you. God has a plan. He not only planned to save his his people, but he planned to save the world. He sent his son to forgive us all. He paid a price you and I couldn't pay. All I can do is stand here guilty. All I can do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. All I can do is fall on my face and say, God, I need a Savior. I need you to give me space to repent. Forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. Is that so hard? Is there anybody that hasn't sinned? Is there anybody out in this world? I don't care how nice they dress. I don't care what they put on. DJ, it don't matter. We're all sinners. We're lost. We need a Savior. God sent His special Son, His only begotten Son. And we ignore Him so much. We don't take it serious. He not only came the first time, but He's coming again. We're looking for him. I thought this morning, I was telling DJ after Sunday school, he's talking about Noah's time and all the wickedness that's going on today. And I thought there wasn't no, wasn't no scriptures written when Noah, when the the world was ended in Noah's time. Wasn't no Bible to to read. Moses hadn't even come around yet. Yet people got wicked. They got wicked without it saying, do not do this. And when the book of Leviticus is written, can I tell you something? You don't have to take these transgenders and these homosexuals, you don't have to take them over there to Leviticus and show them what that, they know in their heart that it's wrong. I'm sorry, but I think, they knew it then, and I think they know it now. The only difference is God has blinded them because they have rejected Him. But as far as this, this, this word was written, and guess what? It's going to be there on Judgment Day because God made it clear. If you're confused about and, and so many times when people have to go to God, a lot of times people go to God and you don't go to God and ask him, do you think this is wrong, God? You know what? Most times you already know the answer. I'm sorry to tell you, but you already know the answer. Pray about it. Talk to God about it. Well, we don't want to talk to God about it. It'll upset our little world. He's liable to say, no, that's not right. If he did, he'd probably shock some of you. But he's almost shocked that we even actually ask him that. Because I think he made us in his image. And I think all we got to do is look at this world and know that God has given us the, the sense, the understanding. And if we'll open our heart to him, he will put it inside of us, he will bring conviction. See, there is no conviction today. There's no power of conviction to anybody. They don't get convicted about anything. I can't imagine the men dressing up like women and running down the middle of the aisles of the churches and they're showing it on TV of churches and they're laughing and praising each other, bragging on each other. Some of the stuff you hear out of Hollywood, they brag and they praise each other all the time about how good they really are. And if you really knew the life they were living, I feel sorry for them when they stand before God. Because they're going to face eternity. They're going to face a God that knows what was right, knows what was wrong, and gave them the sense to walk away from it. Did you know we have to walk away from ourselves? You're going to have to surrender yourself. Peter said in Acts 2, when he was preaching on the day of Pentecost, men and brethren, verse 29, let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David, that he's both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he, shed, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into, heavens, into the heavens, but he that he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou in my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made the same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. How many knows David was making it clear to his own people? I mean, Peter was making it clear on the day of Pentecost to his own people. He's explaining to them. You know, it's amazing how smart Peter got right after Pentecost. He got awful smart. He was quoting scriptures. He jumped up and quoted Joel. That's what happened in the book of Joel. He got up and then he began to explain who Jesus was, that he was sent through David, and that David's grave is still with us. But Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you and I. Is he alive and is he there? Yes. When you pray, guess who you pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. If you're in him, guess what? Jesus' ears are perked. He's listening to your cry. Your cry awoke the master. Your cry will wake up the master if you'll cry to him. But you've got to cry believing that he's sitting at the right hand of the father. If you don't believe that and you think this is a fairy story, then you know what? There's no power in this gospel. You might as well leave and find something better to do. But if there's power in this, there's power to heal. There's power to restore. There's power to change lives. There's miracles in here. You don't know where people came from. You don't know the things that's happened in their life. Some of us, we run around our kids, oh, don't do this, it looks bad. Oh, don't do that, it looks bad. You know what, every one of us, we did the same thing. We hid from our parents what we did. I'm sorry to tell you. We hid it. We go to church and act like we was good little kids. We knew how to talk nice. We knew because our parents would knock us in the head if we acted disrespectful to people. Or spoke out of turn. But that's just the way we were raised. But we were taught to respect God's house. But when I finally came to the place where I knew Jesus, then I understood how God's house should be respected. God's presence. God's love is here. God's truth is here. We're not trying to make you sign our books. Send your money. We're not after any of those things. We're after you to know Jesus. If you'll know Jesus, the best that you know how, guess what? You'll help me, and you'll help all those around you, and you'll help your own family. You've got to learn to believe what his word is. That's a whole lot. I never read half the scriptures talking about King David. But can I tell you something? David needs to be reminded that this is Jesus Christ. He is the promise that was given to David of his seed never ending. David couldn't hold that up. None of David's kids could hold that up. But Jesus could. He came through the bloodline. He came in the flesh through the bloodline. And because he's the son of God, he can rescue you and I. He can bring salvation even in this generation. Come on back up, baby. Revelation 5, 5. And one of the elders said unto me, this is John the Revelator, weep not, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, talking about Jesus, and the root of David. Even in heaven... Even in heaven, when John the Revelator was up there, he was given the words, the root of David. The the elder said it. He was not only the lion of the tribe of Judah, but the root of David. Hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals. What's the seven seals? That's judgment being poured out on a wicked world. Somebody's got to be worthy to open up the book. I'm not worthy to open the book. Jesus is worthy, and he will step out. John wept because no one was worthy to step out and open the book and to take the book from the Father's hand. But then the line of the tribe of Judah and the root of David, praise God. I don't know what your name is. I don't know what it means. I've read about Timothy in the Bible. There's a few Tims here. But can I tell you something I read about Timothy and I always look at him as he was a person that was always coming up short. Paul had to correct him a lot. Paul's always trying to tell him, you ain't doing this right or do it this way or do it that way. And I think, oh God, I can't be as good as Timothy was. He was a young pastor. I'm always going to be a young pastor. I'm never going to grow up, I guess. I'm trying to learn. Sometimes I learn a little bit, and I get all excited about it. I'm like a little kid that gets a piece of candy. I'm all excited about wrapping it, unwrapping it, finding out what it tastes like. But I'm going to tell you something. God's given me a little bit of time. If he removes me tomorrow, I'm glad he gave me that little bit of time. I'd rather do one thing for him in my whole life, is to never do nothing and miss heaven. I want you to know Jesus loves you today. He loves you. He's calling your name. He's going to do mighty things in your life if you'll let him. I don't care where you've been or what you've done before. It's time to change your life. It's time to actually change. Don't just put a pledge down. Put yourself in there and say, I'm going to change. That's what repentance is. Change in your ways. Stop doing what you've been doing. Start doing what God says do. Find his will in your life. Follow it with all your heart. Revelation twenty two sixteen. 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angels to testify unto you these things in the churches. Then Jesus said himself, listen, I am the root of, of the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. Amen. Let me tell you something. His name's Jesus. But he is the offspring of David. Revelation 22:16. Jesus is telling John in heaven. He said, I'm the root and the offspring of David. Praise God. Ain't you glad God Jesus Christ, God didn't ignore us and make it something we couldn't reach? No, He put it down there where David could be mentioned with, with the name of Jesus. You know I can be mentioned with the name of Jesus. Do you know your name can be mentioned with the name of Jesus? Only because what he did, not what you've done. He's not only the root of David. But everybody that proclaims his name is going to share in the glory and the victory. We're going to stand in his presence. When the rapture comes, Duran, we're going to be in that number, fourth and fifth chapter, and there's going to be a lot of praise songs going on. Sue, you're going to have to warm up for that one. There's going to be a lot of praise songs going on. They're going to be all standing around. And every time something's brought up, they're going to fall on their knees and praise Him again and again and again. I don't know about you, but that's my tomorrow. I'm not looking for my tomorrow in the nursing home down the street. That ain't my tomorrow. That one room they put you in, that ain't my tomorrow. I'm going home to be with Jesus. I'm going to be in the place of victory. There ain't going to be no more death, no more separation. I'm going to be where my name can be mentioned in the the same verse with Jesus. Just one of his. I just want to be there to see it. Don't you? Don't you want to be a part of this? Don't you know that's why we have church? We're not glorifying ourselves. We're not trying to impress you with nothing. We just want you to know Jesus is the answer. If you don't know him today, you need to come to him. If you've been away from him, come to him. If you just want to sing a song, grab somebody's hand and just start singing. We'll catch on you want to just praise him, just praise him. But can I tell you something? We got it tomorrow because of the son of David. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Forever and ever. Praise God. God knows how to do things right. All he's waiting on is a willing soul. Are you willing? Are you willing to surrender yourself to him? You're worried about what he's going to take away from you. You ain't not worried about that. Worry about what he's going to give you. Because he's going to give you so much that you won't be able to contain it. He'll bless you beyond measure. Praise God. I'm done. I want you to stand, if you will. not going to talk about the son of David tonight, but I am going to talk about the king again. And a king, listen to me, a king has a kingdom. Hear what I'm telling you. Every king, if he's a true king, he's got a kingdom. Jesus has got a kingdom. And I want to give you that because that's what that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. But to me, it's more than we can comprehend. Our little brains can hardly take in. all oh, what God has said to you and I. This book is written for you and I. It's not written for preachers. It's written for every child of God that will come to him. He will open it up and make it understanding to you. If you don't know him and you want to get saved today, you can. If you need to pray, you come while they say. I'm gonna hold you, long Without you. Sunday school lesson today was on Noah. I always remember, DJ said it this morning, it was God that shut the door. I don't know what Noah and his children could do. They couldn't open the door again, God shut it. The rains were coming and the people finally believed what Noah had preached, but it was too late. Don't wait too late. I don't want to be left here with this crowd that's in this world. I want to go home with Jesus. I got to have him in front of me. We can't handle this life without him. He's the only way you're going to make it through. He's your answer to all your needs. You come are they saying something else?
1: Without him. I would